what you're doing here, what you do in our midst. Lord Jesus, let us place our eyes on you, Lord God. We ask for eyes to see and ears to hear. Lord God, that we would see your amazing grace and your amazing touch and your amazing wisdom and and your amazing ability to make us something totally new. And God, we just pray that you do what you got to do to make us like you on whatever it takes. The armies of Babylon, the armies of Assyria, whatever it takes. We want to be like you, Lord. We want to know you. We want to see you. And God, if the best place to see you is in the storm, then you let it rain. And we give you all the praise and the glory for it. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. Thank you. 
assemblies of God may be something different, something other. But the point being, we, we look back to these revivals, when these things occurred, and, our, and when we see them in our movement, and we saw, you know, crazy things happening in the church.
summed up in one phrase, he did evil just like all the fathers who went before him, even though he knew beautiful. It says, now Pharaoh Nico put him in prison in Riblah. Remember, Pharaoh Nico is the one who killed his dad. <clears throat> he put him in prison in Riblah, in the land of Hamath, that he might not reign in Jerusalem, and he imposed on the land a tribute of 100 talents of silver and a ton of gold. That's three and three-quarter tons of silver, 75 pounds of gold. That's what they would pay a year to Egypt because Egypt conquered and killed Josiah. And <clears throat> so Pharaoh Nico made Eliakim, the son of Josiah, king in place of his father Josiah and changed his name to Jehoiakim. His name was Eliakim. He changed his name to Jehoiakim to say, I have authority over this king. Maybe once his father gave him a name, but no more. I give him his name. I am the authority over this king. Pharaoh Nico was declaring himself to be over Jehoiakim. So Jehoiakim takes Jehoahaz's place. And Jehoahaz, he went to Egypt and died there. When I look at that, you know, I don't, I don't, I'm not a big spiritualizer. When I look at that, I see the king that did nothing went to Egypt and died. What is Egypt? It's a picture of the world. It's a picture of bondage. It's a picture of a, a life that's not empowered in any way, shape, or form. And he died there. That was it. Because he did nothing. Because he, he thought it was enough what the generation before him did. The reason we are where we are in our nation is because every generation thought we're far enough by what the generation before us did. And in case you haven't looked at the news or read the paper, folks, you are way behind. <laughs> way behind. Things changing drastically around us. A nation that at one time was a nation under God. chapter 23, verse 35, so it says, <coughs> excuse me, Jehoiakim gave the silver and gold to Pharaoh, but he taxed the land to give money according to the command of Pharaoh, and he exacted the silver and gold from the people of the land and from everyone according to his assessment, and he gave it to Pharaoh Nico. So Jehoiakim, this guy is amazing. This guy is the most adaptable king in Israel's period. This is the final, uh, there's one more king really after him, two, you could stretch it to None of them are going to rank very long. <clears throat> this guy knows how to play both sides of fence. So Egypt just conquered him, so he's paying all this stuff to Egypt. Then a couple of verses, it's going to flip, and he's going to pay it all to Babylon. Whoever, wherever popular opinion went, that's where this leader did. But where, how did he come up with the tribute? He just taxed everybody to death. Huh. You know that don't sound any way familiar with our nation at all, does it? generation or two or three or ten that, that don't do anything and then and then a ruler that comes on the scene that just will play to whatever popular opinion is going on where, where things are swaying, what's going on and so that's what he 
this time. And, and about Jehoiakim, man, Jeremiah has no shortage of things to say. <coughs> so let's flip over real quick to, to Jeremiah 22. We'll look at Jeremiah 22 first. And, and I'll do my best. Jeremiah is like my favorite book in, in the Bible. So I will try to just let Jeremiah speak for what's going on. Jeremiah 22, verse 13. says, Woe to him who builds his house by unrighteousness and his chambers by injustice, who uses his neighbor's service without wages and gives him nothing for his work, who says, I will build myself a wide house with spacious chambers, cut out windows for it, and panel it with cedar, and paint it with vermilion. Shall you reign because you had clothed yourself in cedar? Did not your father eat and drink and do justice and righteousness? Then it was well with him. He judged the cause of the poor and needy. Then it was well with him. Was not this knowing me, says the Lord? Yet your eyes and your heart are for nothing but your covetousness for shedding innocent blood and practicing oppression and violence. This whole section of scripture begins back in verse 6. It says, For thus says the Lord to the king of Judah follows after the time of Josiah, and I believe he's speaking to Jehoiakim. Well, look at it. See, Jehoiakim paid the tribute that was laid out for him. He paid all of that by taxing the people. Then, he doesn't, he doesn't stop there. He goes on and, and begins to build himself Sí, sí, sí. 
36, Jehoiakim was 25 years old when he became king. He reigned 11 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Zebudah, the daughter of Pediah of Rumah. And he did evil in the sight of the Lord according to all that his fathers had done. Now in his days, Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, came up and, Je uh, and Jehoiakim became his vassal for three years and he turned and rebelled against him. So Nebuchadnezzar comes into power. Remember, it had been Assyria. What you're seeing here in this verse is the passing of one kingdom to another. That's going to become important later on in the book of, of Revelation. We'll study it together. And as we look at it, there are definitely some hints in Revelation that point to several kingdoms. We know that Daniel has a dream, right? Daniel has a dream involving several of those kingdoms, right? The first, the head, remember the statue, the head of gold, Babylon, uh, the Grecian Empire, uh, or I'm sorry, the Medo-Persian Empire, the Grecian Empire, and the Roman Empire. If you remember his dream, and you apply that forward to the book of Revelation, the book of Revelation talks about seven kingdoms. It's interesting. Well, you've got Egypt, who we've seen, and Syria, we've seen, and then you've got Now, let me tell you how 
Nebuchadnezzar sent a band of Chaldeans. Chaldeans were from Babylon. He sent the Chaldeans, part of his army, to all those other nations that were mentioned, among them the Ammonites, who were uh, all vassals of Babylon. So he sent part of his army and gathered together with all those groups that were around Judah, who we know didn't like Judah, right? They didn't have, they weren't friends with Israel. They're more happy to try to destroy them. So they joined together, all these raiding parties, and they give Jehoiakim no peace. Every time he turns around, somebody's raiding him. Nebuchadnezzar sent him, but what did the Bible say? 
they behave. And so these raiding parties come, and they're, they're, they're sent by the Lord. It says, surely at the commandment of the Lord, this came upon Judah to remove them from the site because of the sins of Manasseh, according to all that he had done. You know, your sin has a rippling effect. Manasseh's been gone for over 60 years. Just so you know, God's not judging Manasseh. Manasseh is paid for already. But it was still there. Nobody in all those generations changed it other than Josiah. Well, it says, And also because of innocent blood that had been shed, for he had filled Jerusalem with innocent blood, which the Lord would not pardon. They filled Jerusalem with innocent blood. Now, I would love to say this is because of all the children they were killing in the Valley of Hinnom, which was a which was a, a abomination to the Lord. But that's that's not what you're talking about. Whenever the prophets speak about the shedding of innocent blood, they're always talking about the same thing. If you want to do a search, do a search through the Bible of this phrase. What are they talking about? They're talking about taking advantage of the poor. He's talking about taking advantage of those who are less fortunate. He's talking about taking advantage of the underprivileged. He's talking about pushing people down so you can get to the top. God calls it innocent blood. Now, this may not sound very Republican, but I don't really care. Capitalism is not the answer to it all. Neither is communism, but it's a concept to come up with short of uh, a nation wholly giving themselves to the rule of Christ, which we have a little waiting for. It's not the answer. Why? Because we see what men do. Men are greedy pigs, man. Mankind don't care about nobody else, but it's not wholly accurate. Mankind doesn't tends to be greedy, push people down. We work some seven-year-old kid in a foreign country to death so they can sell their shoes for 200 bucks a pop and pay for their but it's all about profit, man. When the prophets talked about shedding innocent blood, that's the kind of thing they were talking about. When God, according to Ezekiel, when God judged Sodom and Gomorrah, that's why he judged them. We think Sodom and Gomorrah got put down for homosexuality. That's not the case. Homosexuality rampant there in Sodom and Gomorrah was a result of the people turning their hearts away from all that was God. That's what Romans 1, 2, and 3 tells us, right? He gives them over. And when God gives them over, what happens? What he says in Romans 1, 2, and 3 is they, they can turn homosexuality. They can turn to a variety of different things in their rebellion against God. Sodom and Gomorrah was judged because they had fullness of food, idleness of time, and didn't care about the poor. Ezekiel 16. That's true. What forestalls judgment 
So they took the king and brought him to the king of Babylon at Riblah, and they pronounced judgment on him. And they killed the sons of Zedekiah before his eyes, put out the eyes of Zedekiah, bound him with bronze fetters, and took him to Babylon. Jeremiah 39. And in the fifth month, on the seventh day of the month, which was the 19th year of King Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, Nebuzaradan, the captain of the guard, a servant of the king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem. And he burned the house of the Lord and the king's house, all the houses of Jerusalem, that is, all the houses of the great, he burned with fire. And all the army of the Chaldeans who were with the captain of the guard broke down the walls of Jerusalem all around. Then Nebuzaradan, the captain of the guard, carried away captive the rest of the people who remained in the city. And the defectors who had deserted to the king of Babylon with the rest of the multitude. You know what that one little phrase tells me? The defectors who deserted to the king of Babylon? That there was at least some people who listened to Jeremiah. Yeah. But the captain of the guard left some of the poor of the land as vine dressers and farmers. The bronze pillars that were in the house of the Lord and the carts, the bronze sea that were in the house of the Lord and Chaldeans broke in pieces and carried the bronze to Babylon. They also took away the pots, the shovels, the trimmers, the spoons, all the bronze utensils with which the priests ministered, the fire pans and the basins, the things of solid gold and solid silver, the captain of the guard took away. The two pillars, one sea, the carts which Solomon had made for the house of the Lord, the bronze of these articles was beyond measure. The height of one pillar was 18 cubits, and the capital on it was was of bronze. The height of the capital was three cubits, and the network and pomegranates all around were all bronze. The second pillar was the same with the network. And the captain of the guard took Sariah, the chief priest, Zephaniah, the second priest, and the three doorkeepers. He also took out of the city an officer who was in charge of the men of war, five men of the king's close associates who were found in the city, the chief recruiting officer of the army who mustered the people of the land, and 60 men of the people of the land who were found in the city. So Nebuzaradan, the captain of the guard, took these and brought them to the king of Babylon at Riblah. And the king of Babylon struck them and put them to death at Riblah in the hand of Hamon. This, thus Judah was carried away captive from his own land. Then he made Gedaliah, the son of Ahikam, the son of Shaphan, governor over the people who remained land of Judah, whom Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, had left. So you're even dealing with a smaller remnant now. Now when all the captains of the armies, and they and their men heard that the king of Babylon had made Gedaliah governor, they came to Gedaliah at Mizpah. And Ishmael, the son of Nethaniah, Jehonan, the son of Kariah, Sariah, the son of Tanhumeth, and uh, Nenophathite, and Jezaniah, the son of the Machathite, they and their men, and Gedaliah took an oath before them and their men and said to them, Do not be afraid of the servants of the Chaldeans.
think sometimes our problem is we have a hard time believing that God is faithful to his word, to those things he says that he will do. We have a hard time believing that if I commit my life wholly to him, utterly, completely, without holding anything in reservation, if I just give it away to the Lord, somehow I'm going to miss out on something. I'm going to miss something. It would have been better. Don't you see? That's a lie all these guys follow. We just read their whole history. That's a lie they all believe. That's why one dad would serve the Lord and his son would not. Is that different today? Has that not been your experience in life that sometimes our kids do great, sometimes our kids don't? One kid may want to serve the Lord and follow the Lord with all his heart, another another doesn't want to have anything to do with the Lord. Do we do we think that somehow